Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe for this Thursday, the 16th of March in London. Coming up today... Unwarranted panic. Saudi National Bank chairman tries to calm markets after telling Bloomberg yesterday he wouldn't raise his stake in Credit Suisse. Reaching for a lifeline, the troubled Swiss lender taps up to $54 billion of central bank funding. No such thing as a sure thing. Traders split on a half-point hike at today's ECB meeting. Plus, as money managers kept their eyes glued to the terminal, the Chancellor's attention was elsewhere. We'll bring you details of Jeremy Hunt's first budget. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Stephen Carroll. And I'm Charlie Wells. Here are the stories we're following today. Well, Credit Suisse's top shareholder says the market panic around the troubled lender is, quote, unwarranted. The Saudi National Bank chairman, Amal al Khudri told CNBC regulators are ready to plug holes when they appear. But it was his comments yesterday to Bloomberg that sparked the turmoil. Yusuf Kamal al-Din asked him if they would be injecting any more cash into the lender. The answer is absolutely not, for many reasons, outside the simplest reason, which is regulatory and statutory. We now own 9.8% of the bank. If we go above 10%, all kinds of new rules kick in, whether it be by our regulator or the European regulator or the Swiss regulator, and we're not inclined to get into a new regulatory regime. That's Saudi National Bank Chairman Amar al Khoudri speaking to Bloomberg. Shares slumped by as much as 31% in Zurich trading, while Credit Suisse's bonds fell to levels that warn of deep financial distress. And we've seen somewhat of a reversal in that trend this morning since there's been that funding deal around Credit Suisse. The bank tapping Switzerland's central bank for as much as 50 billion francs from a liquidity facility as it tries to stem that crisis of confidence that sends shockwaves across global financial markets. The troubled lender is also making a 10 offer to buy back up to 3 billion francs of dollar and euro denominated debt. Now this announcement following a frantic trading session that had alarmed regulators and prompted some firms to reassess their exposure to Credit Suisse. Despite all of that, Saxo Bank's CEO Kim Fornes says the situation isn't like 2008. I don't think it's a Lehman moment, by the way. I think that, that the, this is really bad. And of course, it can get out of control. But I don't think that, that central banks or anyone else can just sit and watch this. So that was Saxo Bank's CEO Kim Fournay speaking to Bloomberg a little earlier. The Swiss market index has opened trading. It's up by eight tenths of 1%. Still no trading yet, though, in Credit Suisse shares. 
And the European Central Bank's plans may be upended by the market turmoil. Bloomberg Economics says Christine Lagarde will probably engineer a 25 basis point hike today, foregoing earlier guidance of a half-point move. This comes as the governing council grapples with the Credit Suisse fallout. Bloomberg's Maria Tadeo has the details. Now, the European Central Bank is expected to unveil its latest monetary policy decision against a backdrop of market volatility following the collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank and amplified by fears around the future of Credit Suisse. Now, the question going into this meeting, and this is really the core of the issue, is will the European Central Bank stick to its very well-guided, very well-calibrated 50 basis points hike that was expected today or actually go for a softer hike of 20? five basis points given the volatility in the European banking sector. In Frankfurt, Maria Tadeo, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Well, bond traders have been scrambling to change how their pricing rate paths around the world. There was huge volatility in yields yesterday, both in the US and in Europe. Today, we are seeing a sell-off on bonds as yields tick up across the European bond space and on Treasury yields as well. Bob Michael, JP Morgan's CIO, thinks the Fed and the ECB need to change their plans. I think with Credit Suisse on the table, they will pause. I think they should pause. I think hiking rates, either the ECB hiking rates this week or the Fed hiking rates next week, has the potential to be the greatest gaffe since the ECB hiked rates in June 2008. JP Morgan CIO Bob Michael there. Rates are moving so quickly that trading was briefly halted in a key corner of the US interest rate market yesterday as futures contracts soared through circuit breakers. Just to keep you up to date on where Credit Suisse shares are moving, they have now opened rising 40%, the most on record. Trading, though, has already been halted in those shares. And Bloomberg understands that San Francisco-based First Republic Bank is exploring strategic options, including a sale. The lender was cut to junk by S&P and Fitch yesterday. People familiar with the matter say no decision has been reached and the bank could still choose to remain independent. First Republic shares have plummeted since the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, despite it saying it has more than $70 billion in unused liquidity. Okay, so that, of course, another strand of the banking story that we've been following so closely that's roiled markets over the past week. Charlie, let's bring in our market supporter, Valerie Titel, to, to take us through exactly how things have been moving. Valerie, let's look at the bond markets then. A, a big reversal, it seems, of at least some of the moves that were made yesterday. Yeah, after yesterday's record rally in German two-year yields, we're now seeing a record sell-off. Two-year yields are 24 basis points higher this morning after rallying nearly 50 basis points yesterday. And what we have priced in for the ECB meeting in just five hours is now standing around 40 basis points. So we are in the middle of, is it going to be a 25 or is it going to be a 50? European bank stocks are recovering broadly, though. The SX7E, the bank's index, is up nearly 3% after closing down 9% yesterday. So it does seem like risk assets assets are seeing a bounce this morning, but will it be enough to embolden the ECB to continue on its path and hiked 50 basis points as promised? Let's just remember it was only 12, uh, 24 hours ago the ECB had leaked a story to the media that they intended to raise rates by 50 basis points at today's meeting. Will they be undeterred or not? Valerie, so much emphasis on Europe this week. I mean, let's look across the Atlantic at the Fed. I mean, will all of this news change the move that the Fed makes next week? 
Oh, there has been a deafening silence from the Federal Reserve. I am one that is surprised that we have not heard from them in some manner, either in a statement or a leak to the media on their intentions next week. Thank, thankfully, we did have PPI yesterday. Uh, the components there came in a bit soft, so that does really open the door to a pause or to a 25 basis point hike. The market is still as confused. They are smack in the middle, pricing 16 basis points for next week. The Fed has a lot to deal with. Um, you know, they, they've only announced this new lending facility on Sunday night. We do not know yet the current take up that regional banks have been borrowing from this new lending facility. Perhaps we'll hear it in, in a statement uh, released today. The Fed normally releases their balance sheet uh, in a statement called the H4 uh, this evening. Will that new lending facility be involved in that? And will the bank, will the Federal Reserve's balance sheet have expanded in, in trying to, to, to really assist uh, regional banks with this deposit flight that they have been seeing since SVB's bailout. Valerie, we've seen, you know, in credit terms of Credit Suisse, okay, the shares have, have jumped back up in trading this morning, uh, 30% higher when they were halted for trading Credit Suisse bonds, pairing their losses as well after that uh, cash tender offer. Are, are, are we looking at a blip that we're going to be able to move on from when we look at the broader market and the picture for central banks? Is this something that they're going to be able to to essentially move on from? Or do you think there's still further elements of the story to shake out? Uh, look, I've got my eye on how the broader credit market is opening this morning. Um, Crossover, which is a index of high yield credit bonds, is opening up 40 basis points tighter. But it has not undone the move of the last five days. We've seen an incredible widening in bank CDS spreads. Uh, more so a positioning washout and then ignited over this uh, Credit Suisse debacle. We have to remember that uh, being long European banks was a very favorite trade uh, just weeks ago, uh, as many expected European banks to to, to be strong um, um, based on the ECB normalizing policy. Washout of that positioning has really caused bank CDS credit spreads to widen, and that is not something the ECB wants Mm. to hike into today. We're seeing a relief rally so far this morning. Right. Valerie Titel, thank you so much for joining us. That was Valerie Titel, our markets reporter. Well, let's stay with the Credit Suisse story. Now we're joined by Peter Hahn, who's Emeritus Professor of Banking and Finance at the London Institute of Banking and Finance and former senior advisor to the Bank of England, where he helped to create the UK's post-2008 financial rules. Uh, Peter Hahn, good morning to you. What's your assessment of how regulators have reacted to the Credit Suisse turmoil? We've seen how the markets are taking it. Well, they needed to do something. They did it. Uh, the choice was either liquidity or, frankly, nationalization in some form or another. Um, I think probably the question with Credit Suisse is, <clears throat> is this the end of the assistance or the beginning? Um, I think one of the things that was forgotten as to what happens when a share price of a bank plummets quickly is that there's a, a class of financing called bail-in bonds, which convert to equity at the discretion, really, of the regulator. That's part of recovery structuring. So when bank stocks fall, the likelihood of those bail-in bonds being triggered increases dramatically. When you've got those and they decline in value because of that potential triggering, the only way to hedge them is to short the shares. So it becomes a bit of a spiral the wrong way. So when the share price drops quickly, you actually increase the number of shorts trying to protect themselves from their bond interests. So I think we saw that in the last few days. 
Right. Uh, Professor Hahn, I mean, look, one of the one of the points here that executives at Credit Suisse have you know, really been trying to hammer um, in their statements recently is that this is a bank that is well capitalized, that it has ample liquidity. I mean, do the events of the past 24 hours tell us that th- that doesn't matter? Yes, I think what when you have a bank whose shares are trading at 20 percent of book value, the market doesn't really believe the book value. And part of that is an equation that the market doesn't believe that there's a lot of profitability that's going to be happening in the future. Credit Suisse. So there's a doubt on the business model. There's a doubt on, you know, is, are there surprises yet to come? Uh, some of the, the statements recently about controls, uh, the scandals that have been mentioned. So, you know, Credit Suisse, to me, the, the biggest challenge is uh, retaining its customer client base. And as I think many of voices have said in the last few days, it's it's probably seeing it's some of its top clients leave. Is this a Credit Suisse limited problem or is this a broader issue now facing the banking sector, uh, you know, given the broader context of rising interest rates and thinking with one eye on what's been happening in the US? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I personally am much more positive about European banking. But I think what happens is as soon as there's a, a, a rate, an increase in risk awareness in the banking sector. What tends to happen is the, the market quickly focuses on the weakest player. That's always the strategy for market participants in a banking crisis. And Credit Suisse really stuck out. So, you know, that example that I just gave you, if you started to see Credit Suisse shares fall, the bail-in bonds fall, shorts go up, if you're a, a market player, you jump in and say, well, let me short some too, right? And now uh, has stability come in with the Swiss National Bank's assistance program to stop that decline for, or is it is it to stop it or is it just a delay? Professor Hahn, could you talk to us about what, you know, the events of this week may mean for Basel III banking rules? You know, if a bank that obeys those rules still has this sort of turmoil, I mean, what does this mean for that sort of uh, regulation? Well, I think that the point that I was raising about the shorting of the shares related to the bonds, that was essentially baked into the, the bail-in rule, that, that that was going to happen. People knew that was going to happen. It was, I guess, an accepted risk. But I think they'd be, they'll be reviewed. And certainly um, some of the liquidity rules that were put in, which you know, the U.S. did not necessarily follow, um, and the exemptions for smaller institutions will be revisited and applied, I think, to smaller institutions. So it's always good to actually look at what, the last regulatory round did that work and what didn't work and revise it. So the regulatory community would be foolish not to learn from this experience. Do other regulators, you know, I'm thinking about the FCA here in the UK, for example, need to uh, still be concerned about this Credit Suisse issue or for now has the SNB sort of taken the pressure off them? No, I, I think there's a lot of concern. First of all, uh, Credit Suisse has a substantial business footprint in the UK, and I think the Prudential and the Conduct Authority need to really focus on that very well and understand. I'm sure they're having that that dialogue. The other thing is that anytime a major institution goes into trouble, as you you can clearly see, you know it affects confidence in the sector. 
So settling what happens at Credit Suisse is a is a very important issue. But again, I think um, what happened in the States, what's happening at Credit Suisse, the wider European sector, money in the U.S. flees much more quickly. There are alternatives to banks and money funds. Those don't really exist in, in Europe. So overall, we don't see money coming out of deposits at larger banks quickly and moving around. That's So that volatility isn't the same here. We also have a much more right. consolidated banking sector. Right. So we, we won't suffer as much. That's good to hear, Professor Hahn. Thank you so much for joining us. That was Professor Peter Hahn, Emeritus Professor of Banking and Finance at the London Institute of Banking and Finance. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. It would be an understatement to say that it has been a massive 24 hours for global financial markets with the Credit Suisse drama playing out in equities, fixed income and credit markets. To discuss all of this, we're joined by our finance editor, Tom Metcalf, here in studio and here in studio as well, our credit market reporter, Tassos Vasos. So great to have you guys both with us. I mean, Tom, let's go to you first. How big of a shock has this been to the broader European banking sector? Yeah, look, yesterday definitely felt like a moment. Uh, You know, I've been doing this for about 10 years, and I I would say that's probably the most frantic day I've ever had uh, on on news. Um, You know, I think the thing I'd sort of convey is Credit Suisse is a GSIB, so one of the world's sort of most important banks, which is why all attention is on it. But it did feel yesterday for me that, you know, this was not fundamentally driven in any way. This was a very sentiment, very fear. It kind of felt like the culmination of, you know, often years of bad news in the Credit Suisse's case. Um, so it was really fascinating to, to watch. And then obviously today you've had the share prices zoom back up on this kind of support. So, you know, it's a really, this is the question we're trying to resolve is, you know, will this be able to kind of be parceled off as sort of, you know, a couple of days of turmoil, volatility, or is there something bigger here? Um, and, and, you know, that's what we're trying to track down right now. Tassos, talk to us about what happened in credit markets. Uh, first of all, yesterday in terms of characterising what, what, how big or how significant the moves were and then what's been the reaction today? Uh, well, actually, what happened yesterday was something totally crazy. I, I can't find a, d- a better word to describe that. So traders went to uh, sat at their desks in the morning and they were trying to price the risk of Credit Suisse, for example, going bust using contracts called credit default swaps. And the differences in prices uh, were immense. People didn't exactly know where to price Credit Suisse. And something very interesting, two things uh, um, came up that were quite interesting. First of all, the so-called CDS curve was inverted which meant that people were concerned about an immediate failure by Credit Suisse. And secondly, there was something that we haven't seen since um, pretty much the uh, euro area debt crisis back 10 years ago, which is uh, traders um, quoting those contracts in terms of points up front. Now, I know from many people that doesn't mean much, but um, in, in very plain terms, it means that if you believe that a name is particularly distressed, 
you want traders to put some money up front when they enter a contract, a CDS contract. And this is something we used to see for names like Greece, for example, 10 years ago. That's not something you expect to see from a global systemically important bank. And quite a few people were shocked to see that actually happening. I want to bring Tom back in to talk about some of the news that we're getting this morning. You know, Credit Suisse to borrow up to 50 billion Swiss francs from the that country's central bank. Credit Suisse also buying back some senior debt. I mean, is this going to stem the panic? Do you think that this is enough? Yeah, I mean, look at the share price today, really up strongly. Uh, you know, this is what was needed just to kind of... Uh, sort of restore a bit of equilibrium, give the market time to breathe, you know, because again, if you take a step back, you look at Credit Suisse, massive bank, very heavily, very closely regulated, got extreme kind of liquidity coverage. So really, you know, you know, on a sort of fundamental level, it's these moves do not actually tally make much sense. Obviously, the market is its own beast. And, you know, that was what happened yesterday. I think there was a complete disconnect with, you know, normal kind of market valuations, etc. And, and what was really happening. Um, you know, look, I think it's all eyes are going to be on the share price today. All eyes are going to be on the bond prices, those CDSs that Tassos mentioned. Um, but yeah, and this, you know, if people were worried about Credit Suisse not having the money, this has been resolved that, you know, there is no risk there. And where did this come from? Was this just sort of like an apples to oranges comparison between what we were seeing with Silicon Valley Bank, which, as Paul Davies, our banking columnist, put very eloquently, those two banks are a million miles apart. Was this just bad timing sort of um, for for Credit Suisse? No, I think so. A million miles apart is, is very, very apt. They're entirely different banks, in, you know, entirely different sizes. And, you know, their sort of deposits and, and all that stuff is, is very, very different. But I think it was just yeah, an unfortunate confluence of events. And, you know, just maybe that was just sort of the straw that broke the camel's back, as it were, and just that sentiment shift. And sometimes that can be pretty hard to reverse, though it does look like with all those actions overnight, they've managed to you know, reverse that. Just some more Credit Suisse news that I want to bring our listeners this morning. The bank announcing it's losing three senior Asia exec- equities executives. So that's the co-head of Asia equities for APAC. Nick Silver is leaving. Uh, the equity sales head Jenkins is leaving as well. Uh, and the South Asia, Asia equities head as well. Tom, this is symptomatic of something we've seen elsewhere at Credit Suisse as well. More big name departures. Yeah, exactly. I mean, completely unrelated to, to the current news. This is, you know, the whole bank is being restructured as, as the CEOs come out and said today. So, you know, Probably, again, slightly unfortunate timing, but uh, I wouldn't conflate the two. Um, but that is what has happened at Credit Suisse, right? They are basically reimagining, reshaping this bank, making it a lot simpler, making it uh, just a, a lot more streamlined. And, you know, that is what they're coming out and saying is, look, we, we have this plan. We have the capital to do it. Just let's see what, um, you know, give us the time and, and we'll be completely different. Right. And Tassos, you know, what? where else have we seen stress in credit markets? I mean, this, this is not the only um, area where there's bound to be drama. Uh, not at all. Actually, uh, we were coming into this with a negative backdrop of people uh, recalibrating their expectations on how far uh, the um, monetary policy tightening is going to go. So we had some uh, weakness on, on, on the back of that. And now Credit Suisse came over and then we saw um, a number of different banks also dropping in, in sympathy. Um, let, let's not forget that Credit Suisse is, is an internal component, uh, integral com- component of all these indices. Right. And if people cannot um, hedge their exposure using specific Credit Suisse instruments, they're going to use broader instruments where Credit Suisse is part of. This right. is why we saw uh, a number of um, uh, broad CDS trackers, for example, and uh, broad bond indices dropping quite a bit because people were taking exposure in these large baskets right. trying to hedge Credit Suisse. 
This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Charlie Wells. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.